This is episode 427, How to Tone Down Hypervigilance with Maria. Welcome to Over It and On With It. I'm your host, Christine Hassler, and for over a decade, I've been a life coach, speaker, and author. Each week, you'll hear me work directly with a caller as I coach them through a goal they want to accomplish or an obstacle they may be facing. I'll provide a blend of practical and spiritual advice as well as tangible actions you can apply to your own life. Now, let's get on with the episode. Welcome, everybody. Welcome back to the show. Thank you to those of you who filled out the podcast survey. I'm loving seeing your feedback. I'm loving, loving, loving it. Thank you so much for taking the time to put out such thoughtful answers. If you go and fill out the podcast survey, you are entered into a contest where you can receive a 30-minute free coaching session with me that won't be aired. It's just for your ears only. So go to christinehasser.com slash survey to fill that out. Again, christinehasser.com slash survey. Oh, today's episode is such a good one and one that's close to my heart because I feel like it's something I just came out of, which is giving ourselves the season and the time to be where we are, even if we don't necessarily like it. I think there's so many of us, especially those of us that are achievers that are used to performing at a high level or just being busy or doing things when our life is not that for whatever reason, it can be unsettling and hypervigilance can come up. So in this episode, Maria and I dive into the importance of really accepting where we are and not doing and just resourcing ourselves instead of trying to figure out the answer to a problem. As you're listening to this coaching episode, consider, have you recently gone through loss and grief that's triggered other loss and grief? Are you in a phase where you feel like you're almost overwhelmed by how much you feel like you have to process? Do you grieve that you didn't have the childhood or the parent that you deeply desired? Have you ignored red flags in relationships? Only now, in hindsight, they're clear as day. So keep these questions in mind as you listen to my coaching call with Maria. Before we dive in, I want to thank my sponsor, Caraway Cookware. The holidays are approaching, and you know what that means. What are you going to get people and people coming over for dinner? Well, Caraway solves two problems. Number one, makes a great gift. I'm going to tell you more about what Caraway is. And two, people coming over and seeing your beautiful, non toxic cookware, they're going to be like, wow, I feel good that I'm eating out of this beautiful and non toxic cookware. And it makes a great conversation as well. So Caraway's internet famous kitchenware is a staple for any home and comes in various modern shapes to fit any aesthetic design. But the best thing is Caraway's non-toxic kitchenware features a chemical-free ceramic coating so food can be prepared with peace of mind that no hard to pronounce chemicals will leach into your healthy food. I also love that they're introducing their stainless steel cookware set, which is their most popular product redesigned in stainless steel to take your meals to the next level. I use Caraway cookware. I love it. I've even bought their food storage kits and their muffin tin, and I'm just all about the Caraway. So here is how you can get a discount on Caraway for yourself or Caraway as a gift or both. Go to carawayhome.com, C-A-R-A-W-A-Y-H-O-M-E.com slash over it, or use promo code over it at checkout. This deal is exclusive for my listeners and won't last long. So again, visit carawayhome.com slash over it, caraway, non-toxic cookware made modern. Maria, welcome to the show. How can I help? 
Thank you for receiving me, Christine. Mm-hmm. I would love your guidance to move through grief and the process that grief has unlocked inside of me. I had a lot of loss in mm-hmm. the last three years of my life. And it's um, it's not only the, the sadness and the shock of the loss, but also that it's, it has actually showed me something in myself that feels very malnourished, mm-hmm. like something that was present before the grief. And what I feel is hypervigilance. Um, I feel yeah. very unsafe and and like my ability to be to be in the world, to be in joy, to to really express myself is actually quite challenged. Mm. Well, grief is definitely something that isn't an overnight thing and it can take a long time and it definitely can bring up things that were like little micro griefs that we didn't quite give the time and attention it really needed. And so you could not just be grieving about the thing that happened in the past years, it could be surfacing a lot of unprocessed grief that's happening. And when we tap into unprocessed grief, it's likely we're often, we're also tapping into some unprocessed trauma and hypervigilance is a very common response to, to trauma. So yeah. I'm sure you know all this, nothing that you're doing is odd or problematic or, or anything like that. And one of the things we want to be really mindful of is having a lot of compassion and acceptance for where you are right now, because mm. I don't think there's enough appreciation for seasons of our life and there's different versions of ourself. You know, the version of yourself you were five years ago is different from today. It'd be different from and we sometimes compare the way we used to be or the way we want to be with where we are now. And instead of really giving ourselves the dignity of our process we're in right now and doing that, we can also have often have expectations of ourselves or push ourselves in a way that just makes the hypervigilance work because we're not enough to actually be doing what we think we should be doing. Does that make sense? Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. So talk to me a little bit about how this is a problem in your life right now. Yeah. So what I'm experiencing is, um, well, part, part of the grief was the death of my mother three years ago. And that opened a process where I realized that that is not only the loss of her presence here in her body, but also of uh, of an aspect of my childhood, like an idealized childhood. Mm-hmm. And so it almost feels like an identity crisis. Like mm-hmm. it feels like my sense of self is reshaping. And as it, as it, as that process continues, I'm constantly reframing my reality. Like I'm reframing the way I show up in my relationships, in my work. So that comes up as doubt, as Mm -hmm. uh, like I need a lot of time to take decisions. Part of the grief was also connected to the end of partnerships and Mm -hmm pregnancy loss so Mm -hmm. my idea of family and romantic love was also challenged and I'm integrating the information I got from this partnership and from my health so it yeah I think 
actually part of the challenge is that it feels like a lot. Like I feel overwhelmed, overwhelmed mm-hmm. with the, with the layers of it. It's like inner child work and um, recovering a lot of memories of feeling not properly taken care of as a child. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What did you mean by idealized childhood? Well, actually, it's not idealized, but it's incomplete childhood because um, it actually like the grief uh, put me in contact with this part of me where memories started coming up of um, feeling very unsafe as a child, not feeling acknowledged, not feeling emotionally nurtured. So kind of integrating these new memories and these new feelings with the memories that were more present or dominant. That's what I mean. So yeah, it's not really idealized, but bringing in these new memories that are not so bright mm-hmm. and making space for the simultaneity of these very different colors of it. Mm-hmm. So what I'm hearing you say is that your mother's death brought up memories you're both remembering the the beautiful, positive things of your childhood and your experience with her, but you're also having memories of things that were harder and more challenging and not so beautiful. Yeah, like yeah, basically a lot of absence. From your mother? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, where was she? She was working and she was also emotionally not very available. Yeah, and physical presence can be one thing. It, it can be something that can be paired if there's real, real quality presence in the time that a child is with their parent, specifically mom, but to have that not physical presence and that emotional um, unavailability or, you know, she was physically there, but emotionally not, that is not going to feel very soothing to your nervous system. So this, this hypervigilance, like as a kid, we, we wouldn't call it that because it's not really how it registers as children, but a child that doesn't really feel nurtured and safe and loved. And also we, as as children, our nervous system is calibrated to our parents' nervous system. So from what you're telling me about your mom, both like working a lot, being a working mom and having her own anxiety that prevented her from being emotionally present, you probably weren't really ever around a healthy nervous system. No. Right. And so we've got a a nervous system that probably wasn't regulated very much and didn't have great modeling on top of really difficult life things, death of a parent, pregnancy loss, partnerships ending, because all of those things, like you said, are ends of dreams and chapters of your life and ideals and everything. So you are right. This is a lot. And so my first, you have my compassion. I'm just giving you the like a big virtual sister motherly hug right now and just saying like, I see you and I see and feel how much you've had to hold. And right now, I don't think this is about digging deep and doing ton of inner child work other than making your inner child feel safe. Yeah, You know, memories will come up and we process what comes up but this is about getting resourced and replenishing yourself. And to me, this season in your life is about mothering. Between the pregnancy losses and the death of your mother, you're on both spectrums of mothering right now, right? Both being the child of a mother and mothering yourself. And 
again, what I feel is most important is for you to really think about, okay, what does mothering really feel like? Because if we think of the archetype of mother, it is the most calming, soothing thing to the nervous system like ever. That's what the mother is designed to do. Now, given the state of our world and stress and trauma, (laughs) most mothers aren't that regulated because, you know, our mothers weren't regulated and fathers and, you know, it goes on and on and on. But like giving yourself, like the way I would describe it is the feeling a newborn baby would have when she's placed right on her mother's chest and can smell her mother and feel her heartbeat. Like that's the the feeling that you need right now. Mm. Does that resonate with you? Absolutely. Like I can feel it in my body. Mm. Yeah. 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 And so that hypervigilance is going to come up anytime you're dysregulated and anytime you think you need to do something because this regulated nervous system that's been through a lot of trauma will just try to find something to do, something to fix it. Like a hypervigilant mind is like, I have a problem. How do I fix it? Yeah. And the way out of that is just to come into acceptance of like, this is where I am right now. This is the season of my life that I'm in right now. Uh, like I'm noticing I'm hypervigilant. Okay. All right. Okay. Normal response. And just notice it, breathe and see if you can just bring yourself back into that feeling you just felt in your body a, a minute ago. Yeah. Mm, I was actually today in a salt pool. <laughs> mm, perfect. You know, one of, one of these floating pools. So this is a very perfect metaphor. Yeah. Yeah. It really is about coming back to that womb and back to that just being held and loving presence and, and just feeling mm. safe and nurtured. No, and that's something that, and even in my career, in my life, there's been times where I've advised or even done myself, like do the work, do deep work. And I've realized as I mature that sometimes it's not the time to do the work. The work is nurturing. The work is regulating. The work is resourcing. That's it. Yeah. Maybe it just takes time. Yes. Well, you've probably heard me say, I don't love the phrase time heals all wounds. And I I stand by that. But it does take time to recalibrate our nervous system. We can't just Mm -hmm. sit around and wait for it to happen. We need to put conscious intention into it. Yeah. If it's okay, I'd love to ask you. And if you don't feel like answering this, you, you definitely don't have to. Yeah, go on. What's the one thing or it could be a couple things that you really wanted from your mother that you never got? Mm. Actually, her vulnerability, her emotional expression. Yeah. The, there was really, that was really not there at all. Um, and consistency, mm-hmm. consistency in her presence. Yeah, it, she was very detached. Yeah. Very, very detached. Yeah. 
So it sounds like there was an intimacy missing with mom. Absolutely. Yeah. The word is actually intimacy. Yeah. Has that been an issue in partnerships? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Connection. Like I will feel very intense feelings and connection. And I actually, that's the main thing that came up this year for me is, wow, that was not intimacy. That was not true intimacy. What was it? You know, I think part of it was uh, like, like actually some part of the dysregulation of the bond felt very familiar and exciting. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Like um, from, yeah, what I was identifying is having like such a longing and hunger for connection that I will take, you know, Whatever you can uh, almost, get. Almost anything that was offered, like in the right package. But mm-hmm. like the discernment wasn't really there. And and the tools, like very practical, grounded tools to know how someone has an ability to be present, to be reliable, you know, like very like mm-hmm. like I could not really identify red flags at all. Mm-hmm. I learned about red flags recently. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I, you see them I, will, now. I see them. I see them now. But now, I mean, when I learned about that, about them, I will look at my partnerships and be like, oh my God, it was so obvious. Wow. Yeah. Well, it's obvious because you have awareness, but it's not obvious when that's all you know as love. Yeah. And when yeah. you're trying to get what you didn't get from your mother and or father in a, a partnership. Are you in a partnership now? No, I am, I'm single and I'm also like consciously single, like celibate for, yeah. for yeah. a while since last February. Yeah. Yeah. And can you see how, I mean, pregnancy losses are never easy at all. Mm-hmm. And there's grief. Yeah. There's so much grief in that. And can you imagine being tied to any of your ex-partners for the rest of your life because you had a child together? Oh my God, no. And that's been part of also. Yeah. my realization like there was something really wise in my body actually yes releasing the pregnancies yes. because I was so unsafe yes I, I have such a beautiful deep connection to motherhood my mom accompanied births and I'm a doula so I have a mm. deep connection to motherhood and it was weird in the beginning when I experienced I was like what's you know like what's the conflict inside of me that my body is not holding this and now I understand. I yeah. felt so unsafe, even though I didn't know it by my body, my body right. knew it. Right. So again, this is all about feeling safe. This is it's all so about feeling as safe as a baby does in the womb or right when they come out on their mom's chest. Yeah. And as a doula, you know that feeling. <laughs> yeah. You've seen it. Yeah. And you will experience that. And one of the things that I have seen, especially in, since we're talking about pregnancy, especially in women who've done consciousness work is our children won't come in until we've healed our mother wounds. So we don't project it on them. Ooh. Yeah. Wow. That lumps. Yeah. So for example, a lot of times 
a mother will try to get the love she never got from her mother, from her child. Yeah. That's a big burden for a child to take on. Yeah. And your soul baby is just patiently awaiting his or her arrival. (laughs) And they want that clean slate. And it's just like holding space for you because, you know, that soul is still on the other side, holding space for mama (laughs) to really mother herself so that you can have a beautiful, healthy relationship. (laughs) And you can feel that soul, can't you? Yeah. Yeah. I can. I can totally... I can totally feel it. So me too. It's very present. <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. And one thing you could start saying to the soul is like, I'm willing, I'm ready, doing the work. You know, <laughs> when you're ready for me to meet your father, I'm available. Yeah. Yeah. It's funny that you're saying that because. Because uh, when I go, sometimes when I go into meditations, I get um, almost genetic information <laughs> about um, about qualities that it wants from a father. Mm-hmm. It's very, it's a very interesting time in that sense. Yeah, yeah, and that's beautiful for you to. Um, this is why it's so important for you to look at not just what you want in a father for your child, but what you wanted from parents in general that you can mm-hmm. give to yourself. Yeah. And then, because you're going to so embody that, you're going to be more likely to call in a partner who embodies that as well. Yeah. Mm. does this help maria yes so much there is like a a sense of peace and yeah yeah Yeah. like a peace and a trust in life actually yeah Mm. yeah and you said you're a doula right yeah so I was on a, a class when I was pregnant. It was a group class with a doula and everybody was asking like what crib and what products and what bouncer and what wrap and da, da, da. And finally the doula stopped and said, listen, all your baby needs truly is you. That's it. And I'm giving you this metaphor because the crib and the bassinet and the bouncer and the wrap are metaphor for all the things you think you should be doing right now. Mm. when all you really need is your own love and nurturing right now. Yeah, wow. Mm. I feel almost like a new wire is becoming active. (laughs) Yeah, it's probably one that's been there that just is like re-sparked. Yeah, yeah. Because it's the truth. Mm. I'm wrapping you up in the biggest mama hug. (laughs) Thank you, my dear. 
Thank you so much, Maria, for your vulnerability. I know that's one thing you said you wanted more from your mother. What I experienced from you is a deep ability to be intimate and vulnerable. So bravo in really shifting that generational pattern. Not much more to say here. This is one of those episodes where not a lot of talking or processing was really appropriate because this was about allowing ourselves to become resourced, like really, really, really allowing ourselves to have the time to settle back in, to take ourselves out of that fight or flight, part of our brain, part of our nervous system, and to come back into that rest and digest, to settle back in into that parasympathetic nervous system and get out of that, like I said, sympathetic nervous system, which is the body's fight or flight response. So for Maria, this was about mothering, about coming back to that safety, that nurturing. You know, so many of us are idea of a mother based on our own mother, based on media, based on so many things is so far off on what a mother actually is. A mother is one, not a martyr, not someone that sacrifices everything and is just there for her child and has no life or no sense of herself. And it's also not abandoning the child either physically or emotionally because she's so caught up in her own trauma. It really is being that loving, nurturing model what a healthy nervous system looks like, what nurturing looks like, what unconditional love looks like, what acceptance looks like, what boundaries look like, what soothing looks like. And so that's what's really up for Maria. I also want to say like when we are in a phase in our life where we're still working out subconscious patterns and wounds, it's impossible to see red flags. So any of you that may be beating yourself up for red flags you didn't see in situations, especially partnerships, please forgive yourself. You had to be in those relationships to wake up. We're so naturally attracted to our dysfunction. (laughs) We're so naturally attracted to people that remind us of parents that didn't give us what we want. So please, please, please forgive yourself. Go, all right, I can see the red flags now because I've done work. I couldn't see them then. I had rose-colored glasses on. The flags looked fine to me. Give yourself a break. Believe me, self-beat has no place in healing. You've heard me say, nothing heals with judgment, only love. So give yourself that mothering, parental, nurturing love that you so deserve. Until next time, I'm sending you so much love and many blessings. Thank you for listening to Over It Non With It. I love hearing from you. So please post your comments or questions at christinehasler.com slash podcast. That's also the place you can sign up to receive coaching from me in an upcoming episode. And if you love this show, please share it and subscribe on iTunes. You can find all my social media handles and sign up to be part of my community at christinehasler.com. Until next week, here's to getting over it and on with it. Much love and many blessings.